Hey guys, welcome to Biomass episode 116. Uh, glad if you could join us either for the stream or for the recording. It's good to have you. Um, I don't have a clever uh, thing related to the number 116, so we'll have to uh, skip that one unless someone else has a bright idea. But uh, we do have a new guest this week, so we'll probably go right into uh, introductions here and then we'll get on with the show. So without further ado, let's start at the top of the list with Sarizel. Hi, I'm Sarizel. I've been here before. You know who I am. Um, I can't really add anything today that will uh, make me sound more or less, you know, boring than I already am. Awesome. And uh, I would be. Hi, everybody. I'm Bay. Um, I, I don't have anything special to say about myself this week. You guys are killing me. I need right. a date. There we go. I'm Bay, and I need a date. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We, we have we have stories. Rizel has stories of of the FBI and, and other investigations going on regarding bait but uh <laughs> we got our new guest here um justin do you want to tell us a bit about yourself man what's uh what brings you here and, and where you're from oh absolutely my name is justin i'm the managing editor over at techeris.com uh, we're a blog that handles anything technology or entertainment related we cover a little bit of just about everything from uh tech reviews to movies and video games so um soraya asked if i would uh come on tonight so i I'm just stopping by to BS and chat with you guys. Awesome. We appreciate you being here, and it should be good stuff. So, uh, and uh, Libby, introductions? I am Libby. There you go. All right. I think, I think just, right. J- Justin wins the award for the most interesting introduction because he actually <laughs> said something more than just, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm really boring. Now, to, to be fair, I'm new, so I mean, nobody's heard of me. So. That's, that's, that's true. That's true. Um, I, I could have gone on a I'm, little bit longer if you really I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to something you can you can ramble on a bit for. So that, It's just, you know, it used to be we all had, you know, our corp history, you know, what corporate alliance we're in, who we run with, yada, 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 what we prefer to play with in the game, and then the game doesn't exist. So now we, we're just us. we make up shit and hope to god something interesting happens each week as we scrounge around sunday uh afternoons trying to find a list of stuff to talk about um but yeah i'm uh pokey draven uh i was in osg planetary operations on dust 514 which is obviously dead as uh Sal pointed out uh but i co-host here on the show and i write for the blog occasionally and i try to lead this train wreck hopefully sort of in the direction as it derails and turns into a fireball before crashing into a, a bus full of orphans so um <laughs> but well, let's get going on here with uh uh no Zell. uh so last week we talked about uh dates for bait.com uh, which actually became a thing. Do you want us to tell us a bit about uh, the, the journey you've experienced so yeah. far? Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll, so I am never buying a joke domain name ever again. Um, <laughs> because after the show, I didn't I did indeed buy uh, datesforbait.com. We hooked it up to a little extra WordPress page that uh, Pokey threw together for us. Um, and uh, that was good. It was amusing. It, uh, I was amused. I, like... It wasn't just while we were on the show. I, I was occasionally, while setting this up, breaking out into laughter because I, I was really having fun with this. Um, but so I've ordered like I've bought like three dozen domain names in the history of me buying domain names, and never has this been a problem for me to just buy a domain name. I'm guessing that datesforbait.com somehow managed to hit some keyword somewhere because I've been inundated with junk mail calls all freaking week. Um, <laughs> You know, it's it's the first time I was seriously I I so I work uh, I work in a police department um, among other buildings that I work in, and <laughs> as the case was, I'm standing by the detectives, and you know, detective these detectives do various things, including you know, look for people doing 
disturbing things on the internet. And so I get this phone call and I answer it and it's like, you know, such and such, did you register datesforbait.com? And I had this moment of paralysis because I'm standing next to these <laughs> detectives and these people are asking me about this domain name. I don't know what it was for, why they were asking. And I'm like, uh, yes. And then uh, I'm like, as a joke. <laughs> And it turns out they're like some trashy web development company that uh, looked up my who is info. And I'm like, yeah, goodbye. And then I got like three more in the same day. Um, so I had to take to threatening them with, uh, you know, reporting them to the FCC because it's unsolicited. I have no former business with them. It's a cell phone. It's on the do not call list, etc. But suffice to say, <laughs> it's been really, really irritating. Um, and uh, I kind of regret buying it now. <laughs> But just think about it, this way. It's like the best joke domain you're ever going to buy. Ever. And it's exactly. also I kind of the creepiest years, now that we, that, that we sat really thought like with dates say. for baits. That, that actually out of context is much worse than we initially thought. <laughs> we just didn't put that together when, until after I bought it. Because because he's, he's talking about like oh it might be the FBI and I'm I'm like what's what's wrong I'm like oh 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 shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean you know it is his nickname, but then if you try and explain that, it'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, how old is he? Oh, he's 17. <laughs> <laughs> he, okay, he he is jailbait, but he's not actually meant to be jailbait. It's, it's a joke. Just let it go. Come on, we're good. <laughs> so, suffice to say, um, I feel like this, this joke appropriately backfired on me um, for this hassle that it's put me through of phone calls. Um, but you know, hey, maybe maybe it'll all be worth it if bait finds love. And the dates for bait dating profile is open up for a group collaboration. If you want to have suggestions for uh, what you want to appear on his uh, dating profile on the Biomass website, oh my god, I love, let us I know. Love, I love and, this and, thing. And we will put yeah, we we will put pretty much anything up there that you guys want. No, 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 hold on. I want to be clear. We'll put anything up there that doesn't increase the likelihood of me getting in trouble for even having this <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the, if, the, if the word appears on, like, the terrorist watch list trigger board, like, we're, we're not doing that. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, uh, I love... Yeah, no. I, I feel like we should share just, you know, just a little bit, is, um, you know, of course his age is old enough for you, um, and his... Uh, <laughs> His gender is listed as anything is possible on the internet. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Bate is a very creative and flexible guy, and he I will mean, get the job done, regardless of what it is. I mean, baby, if you like Apache attack helicopters, I can be an Apache attack helicopter. If you like a, if you like a, a like a freaking cat with a tail, I'm uh, I can meow. Oh my god. Oh, We're good. okay. I'm. I, We'll have to make some more pictures then. If you're gonna, you're giving me great ideas here. It's like if you acquire this one, be careful. He scratches table legs. <laughs> I'll scratch more than the table legs. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we're done. I, yeah, I think we we have a guest, and we're we're, we're talking about jailbait. Um, so, hey, hey, it's your guys' uh, show. So, I'm just you know, I'm here for, I'm here for the night. <laughs> Um, so, so speaking of bait, uh, so you were telling me something about the Pokemon Go uh, website tracking has been disabled or shut down. Let's oh my god! That, yeah, so I was I was reading it and I'm browsing through uh, Kotaku as I do, and apparently um, uh, Niantic is starting to um, shut down popular Poke trackers uh, such as uh, Pokevision. 
And so if you're not familiar with these, what they would do is, um, uh, I guess Pokemon Go received an update that got rid of the footsteps mechanic, um, which would allow you to tell how far away your, your Pokemon were spawning. Uh, and the mechanic, you know, it started to frustrate people because it was inaccurately displaying um, where the Pokemon were going to be. Well, so these, what these third-party websites and apps were doing were they were coming in, some of them for, you know, free of charge, were coming in and, um, and you could track, uh, as I said before, where the Pokemon respond a lot more accurately than uh, Niantic's uh, tracking in, in the game. Well, uh, I think a couple of days ago, um, PokeVision started going down and um, uh, started going down, blah, blah, blah. And now they can't, uh, they can't get back up. Um, Niantic has said that, um, uh, what's it say? Uh, not Niantic. Forbes apparently has asked PokeVision if it's going to be down indefinitely, and the person there, uh, I'm not going to even pronounce his first name, but, uh, Lou, I think his last name is, uh, said that it possibly could be down indefinitely. Um, and a lot of fans are really mad about this, and they're going to Twitter, to um to voice their frustration um saying the niantic if you don't fix the the game then we're gonna leave and delete your app and this that and the other so it's really interesting to watch and see um what the next step is going to be in this situation right right now actually the next step has been that players are requesting refunds for any in-game like any actual app purchases that have that have gone through and both Apple and Google have been giving them to them. So, you know, if you're Niantic at some point, you got to say like, wait a minute, we've got this mechanism that is literally printing money. Do we really want to, you know, just dump that down the drain? Cause it seems kind of foolish. I mean, if you look at, and I actually wrote this up earlier today, so that's kind of why I've (laughs) know what I'm talking about. But, um, if you look at what they did with Ingress, which was Niantic's you know, first foray into the augmented reality, like from day one, they had an Intel map. Like you could log on to, in, and God, now I can't remember. It's like intel.ingress.com or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. And someone and, made a third-party one that I think was better too. So Yeah, they, they did. They did. But, you know, with, with Pokemon, there's, there's really kind of a good reason to know where the best monsters are if you're trying to search for a specific guy. You know, rather than just wandering aimlessly into traffic as people have been doing. Yeah, um, I mean, the interesting thing to me is that there are a lot of games that actively promote third-party tools. And, you know, obviously uh, EVE Online being a huge example as far as that their their third-party tools are almost necessary for playing the game at a certain level. Um, And, you know, certain groups of people will just demand that you be set up and and all, uh, all... you know, engaging with these different tools. And I think that there's something to be said for if your game can easily be, you know, exploited, if that's how you want to consider it by using a third-party tool, then perhaps you have a design problem, you know? Yeah. Um, And I I think you shouldn't be going after players for having a third, you know, coming out with this third-party system to, to meet the lapses in what's, you know, ruining their enjoyment of the game. And on the other side of that coin, you know, if there are people that are willing to, you know, spend their own time and their own money to build these tools, now in the in the instance of like PokeVision and that kind of thing, 
I don't necessarily see that as cheating. It's giving you an idea of where you need to go to find the things, but it's not, you know, GPS drifting you over to them or anything right. like that. But if there are people that are willing to put in the time and effort to do this, that means your game is doing something right. And that's something that you should embrace, not something that you should, you know, try right. and push away. And it's it's not like it's it's not like it's um anything more than an over an automatic way for, you know, as if you were to say you know, hey, there's a, you know, Vaporeon somewhere in the range over here. And then another person's like, oh, yeah, I see that too. And then, you know, kind of collaborating on where that might be. And that's all it's really doing, right? On a, on a large scale. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and like you said, it's, this is no new thing. I mean, the, the, the practice of developing third-party apps to improve or, you know, augment the experience of an existing game is, is nothing new. And it's, you know, usually taken fairly well by the developers they just go okay well as long as it's not providing an unfair advantage and that they just kind of let it go it, it, it's odd to me that they're shutting this down for something that's not invasive in any way it's just being you know, here's a better idea of how to how to do the thing that you know the game can't do um but like you said it's not cheating or anything so i'm, I'm kind of surprised that they're they're pressing on this now what i don't know is if they were forced to shut it down or if they were just asked to um because it looks like the tweet here from pokevision let me see what it he goes, uh, hey guys, we wish we had some news for you at this moment. We are respecting Niantic and Nintendo's wishes. Uh, we'll keep you guys posted. Well, so I, I don't well, know if that's corporate them wishes. being forced to shut down or, you know. Let's let's be clear. When a corporation wishes you to turn something off, yeah, it's a, you're gonna please do it, do it uh-huh. before we sue you. Yeah. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> well, it looks like, according to this article, that... Um, uh, services like these operate in in some sort of a gray area. What that gray area is, I don't know. Um, it is connecting to the game's APIs, so is, I mean, is, it is, is doing it something is? that Niantic probably doesn't want it doing. Yeah, and they have since I think closed the holes that PokeVision was using to uh, get okay. at that data. Yeah, because it looks like it says that uh, you know these these things were were breaking. The, the terms of service and some trackers apparently were just charging money, you know, yeah. straight up mm-hmm. to be able to use them. And Brazil. so Niantic has been shutting those down with uh, cease and desist uh, letters. Presumably they were trying to intercept, you know, monitoring what the app was maybe sending back and forth and then trying to translate that into being able to act like the app and request information from the server would be my guess. What do you mean by that? Well, the, you know, the app on your phone has to talk uh-huh. to their servers. Yeah. And so you can monitor the traffic that's going back and forth between there and try and reverse engineer that protocol so that you can write your own app that'll talk to Niantic's server as if it's the Pokemon oh. Go app. Okay, so it looks like uh, Niantic's CEO basically said people are hacking around to take data out of our system and that's the good service service. So yeah, they basically were saying that people are, are getting into places they shouldn't be or at least getting information they shouldn't have their hands on. So I mean... I guess, but it's like, I don't know. It's like, what what harm is it that, if it's a one-way flow, I mean, if it's one-way API... And there are dozens, there are dozens of different, like, open-source projects on GitHub about Pokemon Go right now, already. And uh, so, you know, the thing is, is one person figures it out, and then everyone can share it. Actually, one of the things I thought was really funny, I, I glanced at an article for, is, you know... As a Windows mobile user, uh, obviously I cannot play Pokemon Go, which is fine because I don't want to. But either one of these apps to find Pokemon is actually available for Windows Mobile, where you actually can't play the game. <laughs> but the app to find things for the game are there. So presumably you could 
if you had both, you know, play on your Android and use your Windows mobile phone to, to locate them and save battery life. I don't know. And then, like I said in the article that I wrote earlier, Niantic could, if they, you know, announce tomorrow that they're rolling out their own feature-packed Intel map for Pokemon Go, then this is a non-issue. They're, you know, they have their own first-party solution. But I kind of don't think that's going to end up happening if they can't keep the game running for any you know, amount of time. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, you'd almost hope that they would just hire the guys that they <laughs> were shutting down and go, hey, come on, let's redo what you basically did on our system. But like you said, if it's if it's breaking things and the, their system can't handle it, then, you know, I guess that's the end of it. It's just a real shame for people that really enjoyed it. It's it's going to, you know, I, I honestly don't think it's going to cause enough fallout that people are going to stop playing. You'll, you'll have a small group that are going to go, you know, F this and, and, and jump shit. But I, I don't know if it's going to actually cause a, a major dent in their player base. That's the way that always goes when, when a bunch of people say they're going to protest a game's decision mm-hmm. and leave, and, and at the end of the day, the game developer most of the time is just like, alright, bye. <laughs> it's like politics, pretty much. Yeah. Alright, um, probably enough on that unless you guys have any closing remarks. So, uh, I and, uh, so, so Zell and I tried um, Necropolis. Necropolis is a game, as we've talked about in the past, by Hairbrain Schemes. Um, it came out uh, fairly recently, um, and I just picked it up on Steam earlier today and uh, gave it a shot. We did not have a chance to play together. We just played solo. Um, I try uh, some, some team play uh, later this week. But uh, did you want to give your, your opening thoughts on that, Zell, your experience with Decropolis um, and, and how quickly you died? Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll preface this by just saying that I, from everything that I heard about the game ahead of time, I don't really consider this like my like it's targeting my kind of play. Like I I often if I die in a game, that's the sort of thing that just makes me put it down and go do something else. Um I'm I'm not a player who really enjoys playing super hard games and and this is supposed to target, you know, being a super hard game to play. Um so I, I have to preface with that knowledge that it's really not made for me. Um but uh I, I will say the the biggest thing that struck me right off the beginning is that uh the sense of humor in everything in this game is spot on. Um, I actually had, I had a friend who was over here while we were uh, while I was trying it, and uh, he actually he, he was actually sitting reading over my shoulder as we just we we got to like a little store thing and we were just reading item descriptions because the item descriptions in the game are hilarious. Um, the graphic style looks good. It's um, uh, you know the game looks very polished and everything. Um, I died. Well, I played. Tw- I played. I played until the point that I died twice. Um, once was probably five minutes. The other one was maybe fifteen. Um, I made it to level two on my second attempt. Is is so? I Pokey, how far did you go? Um, I think I was at level six or seven when I finally died the second time. The first time I, I think I got to like level two, and then I, I made it pretty far on the next one. Okay. Uh, I, I got swarmed by a lot of enemies. Like I walked into a room and like. 12 guys whipped around and just tackled me. Right. <laughs> and that was the thing. Like, like, any, oh, shit. Anytime I was dealing with a couple of guys, it was fine. But, like, it, I don't remember. Did, is it the same difficulty whether or not you have co-op, co-op help, right? You know, I'm not sure. Because um, it I feels like... Going either way. It feels like it was designed that I was playing a level that would be meant for more people almost. Um, you, you're definitely outnumbered a lot of the time. Like in most rooms, if you charge straight in, you're you're looking at probably like six or seven enemies. Uh, if you play it safe, and you should, you should really only be engaging like two at a time. Um, otherwise, you're just going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. So I got my butt kicked a few times. The the one thing I learned in the first 
um, the first uh, playthrough, and this is uh, actually I didn't even learn it. I didn't understand what was going on because I'm stupid. Um, it was actually well, you're not supposed to. They don't they don't explain shit in that game. They just throw you in there. <laughs> well, that's that's the that's the thing is my my friend actually figured it out almost instantly and explained it to me, and that's why I made it to level two on the second playthrough, which is that you have this ability bar, you know, which is common. But usually when you have a, a character with an ability bar, like in you know World of Warcraft, you just spam things, and as soon as it's available for you to cast an ability, you'll do it. So that's how I instinctually play a game with an ability bar like that. But in this case, the game actually punishes you for running out of energy. Um, every time you ex over overextend your character's abilities, it eats out of your total energy bar until the next time you eat and restore it. So you actually have to be really careful about when you slash and, you know, jump and whatever, because each each thing eats that ability bar, and if you run it too low, you risk losing it for a while. It's yeah, kind of that was exhaustion. one thing I... Uh, yeah, I figured that out pretty quick, because I was like, oh, I'll use these heavy attacks because they do a lot of damage. Then I realized, oh, half my stamina is gone and it's not coming back anymore. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, it's like Dark Souls where stamina is used to, to attack, obviously, and then when you sprint or when you like block with something, you lose stamina. So like Cell so said, once you run out or you overexert yourself, you basically permanently damage yourself until you use an item to uh, get it back. And, and while you can craft healing items as you go, and the, and the items drop pretty plentiful, I can imagine later on when you have to be eating a lot of things to keep your health up, um, it's going to be hard to maintain that. So it's something you just certainly don't want to do. And I, I kind of almost dislike that in a way, only because I found myself just not even using any special attacks at all. I would just, you know, go and do, like, two quick hits and then back off. Right. Um, kind of Dark Souls I, right. style. So you, I had to you, you watch almost... it really hard to get to get as far as I did. I had to watch that bar like a hawk. Yeah, and it, it kind of encourages you to not mix up your play style a bit, which is, is I kind of take some issue with, because you, you pretty much just want to use the very basic low stamina attacks and then run away <laughs> and hope that you can find another opening. Like, it, it, like it's, it's very Dark Souls-like in that regard. You, you have to play it really close to the chest and not overextend yourself at all, or you just get absolutely ripped apart. Yeah, so um, there was that. I definitely feel like I think that mechanic may work a little better if you have other people with you, because then you can kind of trade off and be like, you know, I need a second to re let it regen, whatever. Um, but solo, a little rough. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing. I do see what they mean. You know, some of the, the potential critics have said about, you know, the variety of gameplay needing to be a little bit better, maybe. Obviously, I didn't get very far, so I, I, how, how buried can I expect the gameplay to be in level two? Um... <laughs> But the game looks good. Um, you know, I, as I said, I like the style. I do wish it explained a little better what was going on with the exhaustion mechanic. Um, but I, I kind of figured my way through it. Well, and, and the humor is spot on, like you said, but it's also almost a little annoying because you'll get like a magic scroll. I don't know if you ever found one. And uh, it just says that the title of the item is, yep, this is definitely a magic scroll. And that's it. There's no explanation oh, yeah. of what it does. <laughs> just, just that it is a tier four magic scroll, and you don't know what's going to happen until you use it. Yeah, the, potion, um, I, the potions got me there too. Um, I had, uh, I used a potion that I guess did both healing and made me special powerful for a few seconds or whatever. But I just, you know, used it because it, it just said like it's a potion. Um, so yeah, all the item descriptions are extremely sarcastic and um, not not at all informative, and so. 
you know, if if you combine the lack of usefulness and snark in there, occasionally you might be upset by it. But I thought it was funny. It's just, um, you know, like this one of the earliest swords you see. The description is like, well, let's just say that in a fight, you know, the the rabbit would if if you had a choice between a sword and a rabbit, this sword and a rabbit in a fight, the rabbit would be more useful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of the tier zero swords that that you uh that drop right away um and and so it's descriptions like that they're funny they don't tell you anything about like if there's any you know some of the swords are the same tier but they look different and i don't know if they do anything different if they have different abilities or anything because all it just says is you know a little joke about the the weapon and that's it so i had like some yeah, weird I, energy sword thing but i don't know if it did anything different yeah i mean it's it's very roguelike in the fact that it, it really offers almost no explanation of what's going on. You basically go in and it goes, okay, you're playing Necropolis. Start game. You go, I, I guess. And it, <laughs> it gives you a little character creation where it's basically pick a, character a gender male or female. One, yeah, one character. Or what color do you want? Yeah, it, it's like the, the character customization is basically gender and what color do you want? You can unlock colors by playing the game. Um, and that's it. So you walk into a room and it's like this thing is scratched on the wall with, here are the controls. This is attack and this is, you know defend and you can swap items here we aren't gonna tell you what those items are but if you press this button you'll swap them uh and uh, go that direction to start the game and then you go down and you're instantly get lost like i went down an elevator went to a room came back went up the elevator it was in a different spot i, I don't even know <laughs> I, where i, I was think going it's supposed the time. To, like, i don't think it's supposed to keep a cohesive map there's definitely i mean it re oh, no it reuses rooms a lot um I, you know, the the two routes that out of the first room where you talk to the brazen head dude, um, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to which one is which or what he says with each. He just kind of has a little, you know, comment when you approach one of the doors. The one I thought was really funny was one of the doors you approach it and he's like, well, that route's very unpopular. It's not wrong, just very unpopular. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I went down that one and instantly met with like six floating goblets of laser death and turned away and ran back into the room and I went to the other one and he goes oh are, are, you, are you sure about that one? Oh, well I guess if you're sure I'm like no nah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'll take whatever this is over flying death balls but yeah, yeah. I mean I think those I think those expressions are completely random because uh, you know Oh, the yeah. left or yeah, right, no. which went either way, and you know there was one time I got like I went to a room that had barely anything except lots of chests, treasure chests, and you know one or two weak monsters, and then the other times it was not there. So yeah, it's it's all yeah. generated on I mean, the fly, and that's interesting. But yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure that the Mitch Gittleman, you know, over at Harebrain, pretty much I think probably just got drunk and, and started smoking a cigar and just started rambling and that's all the item descriptions in the game because mm. it's all over the place but it's totally their sense of humor like it's 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 pretty funny stuff it's just you can't let the lack of explanation because it's replaced with humor get to you because if you just go in assuming you're not going to understand what the hell you're doing or where you're going um which may appeal to some and not to others uh you, you'll, you'll probably be okay um tell me so i don't know if you got far did you find out that enemies have self-friendly fire um, I didn't notice that, no. Yeah, uh, I obviously play only solo, so I don't know, I'm assuming that there, there's probably friendly fire on, on our team, but... Oh my god, I'm gonna there kill, was you these so enemies. kill you so many times. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I'm expecting it. Um, but there's these enemies that are these little, uh, like, robot golden knight guys, and they've got this, like, uh, uh, electricity yeah, those, energy uh, sword. And that's where I stopped. Guys. That's where I stopped. Yeah. That's when I died. Well, see, see, <laughs> 
<laughs> I almost died. Like, I come up the elevator and I and there's like I, I, I turn around and they're right there, like, oh hi, and they still stab me. I go falling up the elevator, almost die from it. But though the way I kill them is that one of their attacks is that they they run up, they stop, and then their upper torso just starts spinning like crazy, like a top. Um, like a saw blade with a sword. And I just kept kiting around them in a circle and they eventually just killed each other because they kept spinning around and, and, and <laughs> basically ripping each other apart. That um, seems practical. So, yeah, so I, I can imagine you, you have some fun with, uh, you know, in a group where you're most definitely going to accidentally kill your your buddy uh, because the spaces are very tight. You're swinging all over the place and you're probably going to back up into something get yourself killed or, you know, push your friend into a spike trap and have him impaled. You know, what I'm saying is you should probably be drinking while you play this game so you don't get too pissed off at your buddies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I it, also was, like it, was, the, uh, it was nice. Oh, it was fun. Yeah. It was it, different. Did, did you like the references to Lord of the Rings constantly? I don't know how many of them I got. I, I got the one at the very beginning when it starts kind of it's alluding to you know how many you know x number of rings to the, the men or whatever and then like the, the dwarf whatever and then he goes shit what rhymes with orange oh never mind let's just keep going <laughs> you know it was it, it was pretty funny and there's definitely dark souls references like you'll suddenly come into a room with these red crystals and um enemies that look like your character or similar um, kind of this cloaked uh, figure that are black with this red kind of halo around them. That's exactly what uh, enemy players in the Dark Souls or Demon Souls games look like when they invade your world is they've kind of got this, these shadows of this black hue or this black and red hue around them. So, and, and they're, they're pretty nasty in this game too. So it, it, it definitely has a lot of allusions to similar games and, and um, genres, uh, the roguelikes and Dark Souls and stuff like that. So, you know, if you're a fan of those, um, it's it's pretty good. I I would say it wasn't quite as difficult as Dark Souls. Um, a little less forgiving because of permadeath, not just back to the most recent checkpoint death. Uh, there is some persistency to when you die. Um, you can buy these tomes basically, and that's like a one item you can carry to give you like a, a power up in a certain area. But for the most part, when you die, you basically reset. For the most part, you lose all your items. Um, I think you lose all your gems, but you keep your tokens which are used for the head i think is that right so i'm not sure i don't know i i never i mean i died once i played again i died again i don't know what else i had what i had i could work with um i mean i noticed that it had like a lifetime gems counter that it added to um i I don't know if that serves any purpose because i didn't buy anything with them um but uh yeah no i didn't get through enough of it to really uh, evaluate that that sort of thing i gotcha but yeah, so I mean, overall, pretty good experience. I, I could see, like Zell said, um, the repetitiveness might get to people. Um, it, it, without like a, an, much of an overall um, progression system, I, I think that people might get a little tired of it. Um, but again, I only played for a couple hours, so it, you know, it, it's tough to say what my long-term opinion is. I'll, I'll keep playing, obviously, and we'll, we'll do some co-op and see how that goes. But uh, the reviews for the game have been a little lackluster. Um, it, it, I will agree that I think that Overall, the review people get is that we really want to like this game. There's just something that's not quite right with it. Um, and Hairbrain Schemes has already come back and said, there's stuff we're working on that we want to add this, this, and this, um, addressing your issues. I know they're adding like a new area, which is um, kind of this like black forest, like this snowy forest. It's, it's outside of the Acropolis, I think, or, or something of that nature. Um, they're adding another character. AI. another that's right, another character. character the- Different class, I think it kind of sounded like. like a yeah, brute, it's, it's I think like call. a brute, so probably really big, and maybe, maybe you know, just maybe just punches stuff. That'd be cool. Because um, there's um, a, there's enemies like that too, so I mean, they could kind of build off archetypes like that. 
Um, yeah, and then they were they're definitely going to add to the variety of, of enemy behavior, and they were going to add uh, do a little work on the spawning system because I think sometimes sometimes you open a door and there's like a guy like like there like at the door. <laughs> it's kind of strange. It's usually you expect to you know open a door, walk into the room, and then see what's going on. Sometimes it's you open a door and there's a thing and a sword coming at your face. Um, <laughs> Which, honestly, I, I think I deserve sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, the biggest thing to me I, is I think I'm missing something playing it solo. I think that this is probably very fun as a party game, um, as long as you're not taking it seriously at all. Well, especially since there's, uh, it's not a very strong progression system, so it, it, the experience is going to mostly come with, you know, in, in the moment, and, and that's usually better for, for multiplayer games. That it's, you know, it, it's more going to be fun. Like, hey, remember that one time we did this? Not, hey, I beat the story in the solo, the single player game, because I don't think you can actually beat this game. There's no end to it. I mean, they, they imply that there's an end, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking it probably isn't, and they're just screwing with you. So, uh, I will agree with you on that. And like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll give that a shot as and kind of follow up with a. a a second review on, on what the, the multiplayer feels like and uh, at one point we would like to get mitch back on the show we, we've had him on here before um when he was talking about shadow run but uh they're probably busy working on all the changes and updates for, for necropolis so once once that's all uh said and done we'll, we'll see if we can get him back on the show and uh have him kind of talk about the you know the experience of, of making the game and and their changes and whatnot and, and kind of if they want to plug in and, and whatnot so uh, yeah, Necropolis. It's thirty dollars on Steam. Uh, it's it's pretty good if you if you like a Dark Souls style game. It's probably worth a shot. Uh, Hairbrain Schemes is is a pretty they put put up pretty quality game. So I, I have faith that they'll probably do do right in, in fixing some of the issues the game is, is experiencing now, and uh, it'll probably be much improved uh, moving forward. So looking forward to that. Anything else you want to add, Zell, before we move on? No, I th- I think that that pretty much covers it. I mean, I thought that maybe you know thirty dollars feels a, a little. Um, a little tough for me, if only because I've played some insanely amazing games for for like ten dollars or less. Um, yeah. But I think you you know obviously if if you're hesitant on that, there's going to be it's on Steam. It'll be cheaper later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, and I've been I I've seen um, Hairbrain Schemes games show up on GOG as well on, in their sales and everything and uh, um. And yeah, I mean, if it's your type of game, you're, it's 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 polished as as far as how clean it goes, and obviously they're going to keep working on it, which is probably makes it worth more than the average game that they just you know so the company shoots out, sells, and that's it. Yep, and it's going to be available on PS4 and Xbox One uh, later this summer. I I ex- there's no there's no date on that, so I expect they'll probably wait until after they've kind of made these upcoming changes to the gameplay, and then they'll probably push forward with the the console release on that. So speaking of consoles, let's talk about the Nintendo NX. There's some new information that's been coming out. Uh, you know, some some leaks, some rumors, a lot of that, but if it could be probably worth talking about. So um, for those of you who aren't tracking, Nintendo NX is just their code name for the next uh, console that Nintendo's developing. and it's, Which will have a much uh, dumber name, trust me. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, Wii U was pretty I, bad. I mean, that's that's impressive. No, but I, I mean, like, manage no, worse than that, right? But I mean, like, when when uh, the uh, the Nintendo Wii, its code name was the Nintendo Revolution. I that is a cool sounding console name, and then they mm-hmm. they decide, you know, the, their code names are cool. <clears throat> NX is even a cool name for a for a console, but you know, they had the the Wii and the Wii U, and I maybe the next one's going to be the Wii too. I, you know, who knows? I, good God, I was going to shoot myself. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's, 
I, I think as they, as they've said, it's not meant to be a competitor to the Wii U. So I, I you know, it's going to be as they quote radically different. So I, I can't imagine it's going to be another living room console. It's got to be something that's, uh, I'm guessing probably portable. Um, just because that's kind of one of Nintendo's mainstays. They haven't had really a new portable one since the 3DS in a while. Uh, a lot of the rumors I think are pointing towards kind of a, a portable that can be as a console in the home. So it's got like a TV hookup, but it's also meant to be, you know, pulled out of its you know, docking station and, and brought with you wherever you go. I was always kind of surprised, to be honest, when they announced the Wii U. I figured that the Wii, that, you know, if it's got a tablet with it, right, that maybe that you'd be able to take that elsewhere but then as it turns out it, right. just, it streams from the console so you know you can play games on it instead of the tv but you still have to be within like you know 20 feet of the console or something yeah, have to be in the same wi-fi network basically i think but, i think yeah. it was a solution to like let kids just play their games on the couch while you still have the tv <laughs> yeah well, that, that was the that was kind of the point and they they had a trailer to showcase that but it was just it was one of those things that it, like it's it's like it's the only i have a god awful number of tablets in my house and that's the only one that can't actually leave the house <laughs> well no. especially when you've got the, the unsupported uh playstation vita which could actually play a lot of ps4 games remotely from anywhere in the world as long as you internet connection or uh the 4g service and then <laughs> that has you know no popularity at all and then the wii u doesn't even manage to get the you know the, the actual portability. It's forced to stay in the room. It's a little frustrating. I I wonder if uh, this might be kind of an attempt to rectify that limitation from before. Now, if the rumors are true and that the NX is more of a portable console, I guess if you will, and the one thing that Nintendo really has done well over the last couple of generations have been their handheld systems. So with like the 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 DS, the 3DS, and and the like. I almost worry that they're kind of trying to dilute their handheld a little too much if they want to try and force it, you know, shoehorn it into, you know, a standalone console that's also a portable. And how are how are they going to, I guess, really make that work? We'll have to wait and see. I guess it's hard for me to buy a lot of future in, in their mobile as much as as much as I like their consoles and their games. You know, it's like I I literally. The, the point where I stopped playing mobile Nintendo games was exactly age 16. And that's because I was no longer riding in the car while playing and able to play games while driving. I had to actually drive. <laughs> Those make it a little more difficult. And that was really, I haven't, I haven't used a DS really since I have them. Um, I have two of them here, actually. I have two 3DSs here. Maybe three. Do I have a third one? No, just two. Um, I don't even play them. And the thing is, is that they're, I, I, if I'm at home, if I'm playing games, I'm at home. And if I'm at home, I want to play it on the big screen. And it seems like with the mobile phone thing being where it is, because that's where I play games. I have I have a Windows phone, so I have I get all my Xbox achievements on my phone. Um, you know, everybody else has their Xbox achievements for playing real games, and I have them for playing the equivalent of Candy Crush. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's that's the thing is with the smartphone era being where it is, it's kind of hard to imagine there's a strong future in mobile game consoles and i think nintendo's the only one who's still trying to make that a thing now to be fair though they've done it really pretty successfully still even into this era of smartphones but you know there there is going to be a tipping point at some point where you know the 3ds model isn't going to be viable anymore and hopefully they're kind of realizing that yeah i mean at this point they almost have to come up with something that that their system can do that a phone can't and something that's, you know, uh, noticeable enough aside from, you know, the 3d, uh, 
like the 3D part of the 3DS, something that, that that's going to make it unique where I would want this instead of just, you know, running an emulator on my phone or just put it on a console because that's where I would play it. So I, you know, Nintendo's usually pretty good at pulling some weird innovation out of nowhere and, and making something that's a big hit. But uh, with the flop that was the Wii U, I'm a little concerned. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where they've, they've done well enough up until this point. So I figure... You know, let's wait and see. I, I think that uh, it looks like their their earnings report. It, it's stating that the console is going to come out. Looks like March 2017. Yep. Um, not sure about confirmation of that, but what they're aiming for, actually, right now, I think. Yeah, that's that's actually relatively soon, considering they haven't released any information about it so far. <laughs> I'm sure they're trying to rush the crud out of it because you know they need sales. I mean, I I, I, mean, I, I like the Wii U. It's just there's they haven't given me anything to play on it. I mean, I've I've played. Ocarina of Time and and you know Majora's Mask. Well, those are those are for DS anyways now. But um, you know I love Wind Waker, but I played it already. Give me a brand new Zelda game, and it's still not here. Yeah, that's my frustration with a lot of the, the newer kind of off off offshoot consoles is that they end up using being just emulators for older games rather than being properly supported. I mean, that's what my my Vita ended up being was I'm going to play all the old Final Fantasies on my <laughs> Vita, but none of the new ones because <laughs> no one develops for the Vita, um, and, which is and frustrating. And, and Nintendo and Sega have realized that that's the that's case. All, that's all people- you need want to play the older games i mean nintendo and sega are both for the holidays releasing you know a tiny basically little emulator console <laughs> mm-hmm. that's actually a pretty good segue uh, like like you said um, we talked about the nintendo one um a couple weeks ago i think mm-hmm. but uh which was kind of that uh, uh mini version of the old nes that used uh we we remote plugs and had hdmi output and was preloaded with 30 games um for 60 dollars was, was pretty neat um so Sega has, I guess, responded now with releasing uh, a similar thing, but for basically their, their old Mega Drive, but it's got uh, 80 preloaded games. I think it comes with two controllers. Um, it's not an HDMI output. It's just a VGA, I think. And it's being produced by, I think, At Games, which, yeah, At Games, which has unfortunately had some uh, bad press in the past by kind of creating low-quality uh, retro consoles. So I'm a, I'm a little concerned on that one. Um, price point's about the same as Nintendo. I think it's 65 for the console version. And I think there's also going to be releasing a handheld version, kind of that old, uh, I never owned it, but that old Sega handheld that had like the eight batteries in the back or whatever. Game Gear. And I think yeah. it has the same, Game Gear, that's the one. Mm-hmm. And it has the same functionality as the console version. It's just not multiplayer. Um, and it doesn't accept the old Genesis cartridges like the console version does, which is just kind of neat. But it looks like it does have an SD slot for both of them. So I guess theoretically you could put more games on it, which is, which is a bit of an advantage over the Nintendo version, which I think uh, they said was not going to be expandable in any way. It was just the 30 games and that was it. Yeah. The Nintendo one is not expandable, but yeah, that would be a definite plus for the Sega one if it is. And it's, it's got a, a pretty impressive list. I won't go through all 80 of them because it is, is pretty long. We'll, we'll get a link up on the, the blog when this podcast goes live there, but uh, it's got a lot of the, uh, the old Sonic games I really like. Sonic Spinball is one I, I really enjoyed in the, the Genesis, so that, that'd be kind of cool to get to get my hands on again because I don't own a Genesis anymore, unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of really good stuff on here. I I we'll see if I pick that one up. I, I'll probably wait on reviews just because I want to make sure that uh, the hardware is actually decent. It's not an official Sega you know product like the Nintendo one, which is produced by you know Nintendo under the direct supervision, I believe. So oh, who's uh, making we'll the who's making the Sega one then? It's uh, at Games. It's a Chinese company. Oh, okay. Well, 
You know, yeah. you get all these like retro yeah. consoles that now take HDMI, and you add them to all your new consoles that take HDMI. We're gonna need like like right now you get TVs that usually come with three or four HDMI ports. We're gonna need like eight HDMI port TVs soon. Like a HDMI right. splitter. No, 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 no. I don't want to like a splitter box thing. Those things suck. I want. I've had like, actually pretty good luck with my splitters from uh, Monoprice, but it's worked well enough for me so far. Yeah, Monoprice is good. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I've heard good things. I, I don't think I've really ever ordered really stuff from them myself, but I've always my, heard good things about them. My, my favorite Monoprice story, and I, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it makes me laugh. We do so. it. We do tangents all the time. So go ahead, go right. Fantastic. Ahead. Well, I, I will, I will feel right at home doing this. So this is the story where I explained that I failed to save somebody some money because he didn't speak English. I was wandering around at Walmart or something like waiting for medicine or something to pick up. So I was wandering back by the electronics and this dude was sitting there staring at an HDMI cable. And if you buy HDMI cables at, you know, just a regular big box store, they're just stupidly overpriced. I mean, I think the one he was looking at was like 25 or 30 bucks, something stupid like that. So I was trying to tell him, I was like, Hey dude, if you go on monoprice.com, you can find that exact same cable for like four bucks. And he looked at me, he's like, Okay. Like, oh, sorry. Okay. I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to save you any money because you don't speak English and my Spanish isn't that good. <laughs> it is true though. I mean, it's, I always tell people, if you're buying a cable at a retailer, you're doing it wrong yep. um, because the, yep. the markup is absolutely absurd. It's not even like you're saving convenience. It's like, you know, 400, 500% markup. It's some stores, it's, some stores, it's not bad in certain cases. Like some stores, you just have to know where to look. Um, like, uh, Fry's Electronics is a great example. Fry's has the, your $30 and $40 HDMI cables, but then seriously, right by the cashier, they have $4 cables. Um, <laughs> oh, nice. And they're off-brand, but they work. Um, and then in the same thing is I, I had to get a USB extension cord for someone, and they, they were right by the Fry's, so I wasn't going to go home and get one. And uh, I, I was looking around the store, and over by all the USB cables, they're like $7, $8 a piece, whatever. I went over by, like, just because I was shopping for myself at the same time. Because if I go in a store like Fry's or Micro Center, I ain't coming out with just what I came for. <laughs> That's just how it is. Right. Um, but I was over in, like, some of the electronics parts sections, and they had a USB cable for an extension cable for 99 cents. And it's like, it's, like, it's the same store! <laughs> it's the same right. product! It's just, over there it's tagged one way, over there it's tagged another way. But, you know... Again, this is the same store that my initial impression of them once was try that they wouldn't even honor their own website's advertising a advertised price. So, <laughs> um, but they've they've changed a lot. Fry's now actually price matches Amazon and stuff. So, although their website is still kind of a bit of a mess. Cause I oh, their their website is terrible. <laughs> I, I tried to order a I think it was a video card for in store pickup or a solid state drive or something. I tried I tried to order something for in in store pickup. I was going to go grab it on my lunch break. So, because I work right by Fry's. So, I ordered it, paid for it, got the confirmation saying, it'll be ready for pickup in, you know, whatever amount of time. I was like, fantastic. So, I go to lunch. As I'm driving to lunch, I get an email back saying, uh, no, wait a minute, we don't actually have that in stock. Oops. So, they, they at least didn't charge my credit card, which is nice of them, but it was kind of a pain in the ass because I was expecting to be able to go grab that and had to go somewhere else instead. Yeah, look, it looks like Amazon even has HDMI cables for like three and a half to five bucks. Like, oh, and places yeah, are certainly bucks. getting better now, but I mean, right, right around when you know a lot of stuff was starting to really run on HDMI, it was kind of ridiculous, and you know you could very oh, yeah. easily be taken for a ride. 
there was actually like, oh, there's, it's there's gold plated, so it's a eighty dollar yeah. cable. People are like, oh, okay, I want the best. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> there's a company that sells through Amazon. It's called uh, Twisted Veins, um, and I'm pretty sure that their stuff has to be like, um, you know, maybe monster cables that reject that got rejected for QA for some short reason because they're really they're really high quality gold plated connectors the the kind of mesh wrapped cable everything and they're insanely cheap they're terrifyingly cheap um and i i think i got like a 50 foot hdmi cable for like 14 dollars from them wow um which where's this uh, it's just on amazon but the brand is called twisted veins and i i honestly i think they're like it's it's like how the store brand food is like um you know, name brand food that got rejected for QA. Um, little burnts or whatever. And they're like, okay, just put a store brand label on it. We'll sell it. Because um, their cables are ridiculously high quality cables from the looks of it. But they're they're just dirt cheap. Oh, yeah, this is nice. I got a two-pack of 10-foot cables with a right-angle adapter and Velcro ties for, looks like, eight, like, almost like nine bucks. And Amazon Prime. That's, that's really good. Yeah. The more you know. So you, you actually have a good experience with those, though? They look nice. I've, I, I'm i trying to remember if I've used it. Yeah, I've used it a couple times. Um, You know, I bought Ooh, it to replace. Really I severed. I, I uh, had a 50-foot. There's nothing that hurts more than having, like, one 50-foot HDMI cable and then accidentally severing it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you just want to cry. <laughs> That's when I bought this one is I'm because I, I started looking at the price. To, I'm like, oh, yeah, let me just run out to the store and buy a new one. Holy crud, those are expensive. <laughs> um and then I found these and and yeah it's a it's a decent cable. Very cool. So one more thing I want to talk about just it's very brief. Um so I, I actually found this out at when I went and demoed the PlayStation VR uh but I guess it wasn't mainstream media yet so it's now a big deal that they've posted uh, how much space you need to play <laughs> um PlayStation VR so it's for those of you who are more familiar with kind of the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift those games are designed. Those headsets are designed for playing on a computer, so they're kind of built to be put on a desk, and you're sitting right in front of the desk, and that's how it works. Where the PlayStation One is built more for um, consoles, which typically is in your living room, you're sitting on a couch a ways away. So um, one of the limitations is that people are a little upset about is that they want you to kind of be at least two feet away from the camera, which is what sits on top of your TV. Um, and then they say that the, the play area should be about like 6.2 feet wide by about uh, 9.8 feet long. So that's a, it's a pretty sizable space, um, which, you know, it, it's, it's worth mentioning for those of you, like I've got a friend of mine who is kind of turned off by it because he happens to play his PlayStation on his computer monitor uh, sitting at his desk. And this would, kind of make things a little difficult. He wouldn't sit in his chair the way it normally would just because of space requirements. Um, so for people that happen to be in a situation like that where uh, they're a bit more confined, they don't have like a living room setting, uh, it, it could be a little problematic, um, which is kind of interesting. I, I'm surprised that it has that limitation. I mean, it kind of comes down to the focal um, angle of the camera that you have to be obviously within the space of the camera so it can see the headset because it does track the headset with the lights in the front of the, uh, the eyepiece with that PlayStation camera. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a little surprising that it's, it's as limited as it is, but you know, it's just something to keep in mind if you're looking to you know, maybe pick this up when, uh, come October. One slight, I guess, correction, if you will. The Oculus is certainly meant just to be sitting at your desk with a controller. The HTC Vive, I got a chance to uh, try that out at CES, and it'll adapt to really however much room you want to give it. 
and you are meant to actually get up and move around while using the Vive, and it's really pretty fantastic. So are you saying that I've been saying it wrong the whole time, and it's actually Vive and not Vive? <laughs> and what's funny, I actually I talked with HTC, and they told me how to say it, and I still probably say it wrong. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> just just the, that as a side. But, uh, so what, what is the max range on, on, the, on the Vive? Do you, do you know? Like, is it, I mean, how when, far away from that sensor can you get? When I was actually playing with it at CES, I was in a good probably 15 by 15 foot square. And the way, they, the way it's set up is you set the boundaries of the barriers. There's actually little pieces of hardware that you put in the corners of your, you know, your, your usable area. And then it'll allow you to go wherever in that area. And when you get kind of the boundaries or the ends, through the actual headset, you'll see kind of like a wall come up or like a little like danger don't go past this line you know area so if you set up and i don't unfortunately don't know the specifics or how much room it needs or how much room it can have but i was in a pretty decent sized area when i was testing it out and i could have gone through pretty much the entire area to use the headset that's that's pretty cool. So the, the headset will display um, in your your vision where that edge of of safety is when you're yeah. when you're actually like yeah. playing the game. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. No, the I was I was incredibly impressed with the Vive. I mean, all I got to do was a couple of little tech demos, um, but it was amazing. I mean, the first one is actually a game that you can buy for it now. It's the Office Simulator or whatever where you can just, like, you're just sitting in an office and you can just do random stupid stuff with the various things that are around you. But you could interact with just about anything that you could see. Can you play with the stapler? Yeah, 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 you could you could pick up the stapler, you could throw the stapler across the room, you could do just, I mean, just about anything that you saw on your desk or in the areas that you were, you could, you know, mess around with. Um, the next demo that I got to do was a kind of a Portal 2 demo, where you were in kind of this, just this little workshop area, and it asked you to, you know, go get something out of a drawer. It, it was very definitely the, the standard, like, uh, Valve and, and Portal humor throughout the entire thing. But it asked you to, like, go get a set of tools out of a drawer. And, of course, the first drawer you pull is the wrong one. So, you know, it chastises you and you have to you know, pull the rest of the next. And silly things happen from there. But then they bring in one of the, and now I'm going to forget his name, the uh, just one of the little eyeball robot-looking guys. Uh, it's uh, Atlas or Peabody, one of the two. Yeah, one of, one of those types of robots comes in and is damaged. And you, you, you use the little you know, hand controller things to you know, unlock it and basically open up this robot. And as you're pulling it out, you pull out like the entire innards out on this kind of like spinning thing in front of you that allows you just to interact with the insides of the robots and find the pieces that's broken and, you know, put it back in. And of course, as you're starting to do that, if you don't do it quickly enough, things you know, start going badly and Gladys shows up and, you know, the, the walls and the floor and everything start falling away from you. And, and even though, you know, you're standing like in, in my cases in the middle of a, uh, like a convention center, like ballroom kind of thing. It's still a little bit unnerving as you're seeing there, like everything that you can see is this very immersive interacting interactive environment and you're seeing the floor falling away from you. It's still a little bit freaky. But the last demo that I didn't actually get a chance to play was a zombie shooter. Um, I saw somebody else play it when I was playing or when I was doing the demos, they actually had to stop me because they were doing a, a little announcement. So I, you know, couldn't be playing the demo while they were doing it. But the zombie shooter was, you know, you you if you looked at the controllers that you were holding in your hand, but you look at them through the uh, 
you know, through the headset, you see whatever kind of gun you're holding rather than the head, the handsets. Um, and you could move around a little bit, certainly, because, you know, you're, you're able to do that with the, the Vive or Vive, and I'm saying it wrong, and I know it, that's fine. Um, but, you know, you would, you know, aim with the controllers like you'd be, you know, aiming a gun in a first-person shooter, and you'd sit there and you'd try and, you know, pick off the zombies as they're coming towards you. And you, you could eventually kind of move around to different areas, and you could duck down behind things. And, and by ducking down behind things, you're actually, you know, ducking down you know, while you're standing there. So it really was a pretty amazing experience. And if I had a PC that, you know, could use it right now, I'd really want to have one. Yeah, you're uh, you're making me want to spend eight hundred dollars here. <laughs> Which is, sorry, sorry. I mean that, that 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 sounds really. I mean that's that's the issue for me is really that price point of eight hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean my my PC is pretty solid, but they would technically still need a slight upgrade on the processor. Yeah. Which same I'd same here. Go, I, I I'd go all out and just get a, a really good one to really bump it way ahead. But mm-hmm. uh, you know it's I'm just waiting it's for the one killer of those game. Things, yeah, it's got to right, hit the right yeah. game that just says. Yeah. Because the thing is, is yeah, I know there's a couple things. The the Valve demo in particular, I've seen video of it yeah. in 2D uh, that looks really, really cool. It was um, amazing. But the biggest thing is that like I don't want to spend eight hundred dollars for one oh, yeah, for, game for basically for basically tech demos at, at this right. point. You got to give me something killer to make me go, yeah, I want to chuck eight hundred dollars at this. And I, mean, I I haven't paid a ton of attention to the games that are available yet, just because again, if I was going to buy buy one i'd need to upgrade my computer but you know there at least are certainly they've been growing the store on steam i mean they have a pretty decent selection of vr games but i don't know that there's anything that's necessarily that one killer app quite yet yeah i'm also just trying to quell my excitement for the whole thing and just go i'll just wait <laughs> until there's some really good games and they come with the second gen version or at least drop the price yeah, down like and v- i won't feel yeah, totally awful something. about it yep. Well, and that's that's what you worry about with these things is that you know, okay, you jump on it, you're an early adopter, it's cool, and they're like, oh yeah, here's the next one that's better, and now you've got the crappy old one, and you're like, wow, I just bought a eight hundred dollar crappy old one, sweet, <laughs> you know, it's like didn't Oculus kind of do relax. that with their Kickstarter backers? I thought they did uh, something. No, they, they actually um they actually treated their Kickstarter backers really well. Okay, they, honestly, right. the backers of Kick of Oculus are the only people who really didn't get screwed because got it. Okay, um, the, <laughs> you know what they did they got for the their. They thought they were going to get that. <laughs> well, no. So the backers not only got the one that they were told they were originally getting, which was like I think they got like the DK one or okay, something. Then they got the newer one too. They gave them the final release version for free. Nice. And that there was no obligation to Facebook to do that. But they gave all the original backers the full consumer version. And given the six hundred dollar price sticker shock, I doubt there are that many Oculus Rifts out there that aren't the uh, backer versions that they were given for free. Well, but, hey, fa- oh, Facebook's man. got the money to do it, so I mean, they might as well. Yeah. Well, I think they knew they needed to actually have a lot of working models out there because they they knew that that price point was way above what people were expecting. So they they had to get units out the door so people could talk about it and be excited show, for it, show it because... to their friends and yeah <laughs> oh yeah because i mean i i was expecting about 400 bucks basically i was ready the, to day one order it at 400 bucks and yeah because like I, I expected like playstation vr prices for oculus like 400 bucks i'm like ah, yeah you know what? I'll, I'll probably do it and they're like 600 i'm like eh, never mind made that choice easy for me and i closed <laughs> the window like i didn't even look at it for you know, more than a couple seconds of like, I'm not jumping on that. That's way too much for, for what this is, especially when they're already making talk about the next Oculus, aren't they? 
Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's just, it's not, it's something I'm just going to have to wait for. I mean, it's... And then there's the whole you DRM jump fiasco. And yeah. Everything. Uh, yeah. Facebook has kind of screwed themselves, I think, in a lot of ways with that. The, the thing I will say, though, and, and again, the one that I've used at any length was HTC's headset. Um, my, my really only experience with Oculus is they had a couple of them for demos at the Chicago Auto Show the last couple of years, but I think that was on older hardware and really just kind of didn't look that great. But, you know, even... Even at 850 for the HTC, you know the the monitors or the the the, eye, the 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 screen you're looking at is just heads and shoulders above what I saw on the Oculus hardware. It comes with the controllers, which is more than you get with anything with Oculus. And I mean, if if I was buying, if I was spending the money to upgrade my computer and buy a VR headset like right now, if if I had the money and somebody said, hey, upgrade your computer and buy a VR headset right now, it would be the HTC, hands down. Yeah, I mean, especially after I I was kind of like, I'll go with the PlayStation 1 just because, you know, it's the cheaper option. I can at least get a taste of it and, and you know, quell my thirst. But even when I got my hands on it, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about this. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good quality screen for, for the price compared to everything yeah. else. But at the same time, it's like, if I'm going to spend 400 bucks now, I could wait and spend, you know, 400 bucks later and get something that's better if I just cool my horses. So we'll, we'll have to see. I'm, I'm, I'm my hype for it has kind of gone down um, as time has gone on. So I, I think it might, I think I might wait on that. We'll, we'll have to see the, 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 a lot of the features I'm seeing for the, the Vive and, and even Oculus is, is pretty, pretty impressive and probably how people re- will regard that VR should be done. Um, so it, it's probably worth kind of playing close to the chest on this one and just seeing how things play out, especially with, you know, price point drops and, and new versions coming out with improved technology. It's, it, it could be worth the wait. Absolutely. And it's a new enough tech right now that again, the early adopters are paying, you know, the early adopter price that adopters always end up paying. And, you know, there will be certainly better hardware and, and lower prices in the future. So, I mean, if you can hold off, if you're willing to hold off, you'll end up getting something better in the long run, but yeah, it can be hard to do sometimes. Most definitely. All right, guys. Was there any other closing remarks you wise you want to talk about before we move into uh, shout outs and, and goodbyes here? Was there anything you want to talk about, Justin, in particular? Or are you just here for the ride? Hey, I, I'm I'm here to do whatever you guys want to do. I'm just you know sitting and BSing. And if there's anything that I can talk about without sounding like an idiot, I'll uh, I'll chime in. <laughs> oh, we're working at that. So uh, <laughs> anything else, guys? Or all right, I think we're probably good to go for shout outs here. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make Justin go last and so uh, he's, he's new, but we, at the end of every show, we, we, we do shout outs, just kind of a, a heads up to whoever you want. If you want to plug something that you're, you're, uh, you're a part of, or if you want to plug, you know, a, a person or a website or, or whatever, um, that's, that's fine. So I'll give you some time to think about that, but we will start and put Zell on the spot as we always do. And he won't have anything for us, even though he knows this comes every single show. So Zell shout outs. Um, shoot. See? (laughs) (laughs) He's consistent. (laughs) Um, uh, shout out to my parents for offering me steak today. Um, I got to stop by on my way home really quick and have steak dinner before rushing out to get back here to do the show. It was good steak. Good stuff. All right, babe. Uh, yeah, shout out to the guy down at the local music store who tried to sell me every fucking instrument, uh, in the damn store when I went in. That was annoying. Uh, I went in for just two packs of guitar strings, and next thing I know, I'm sitting there listening to this guy, uh, tell me why I should buy a $3,000 guitar. So, that was really cool. Um, uh, 
And I think that's it. You'll, you'll also find that Bates Shout is usually bitching about someone who's annoyed him that week. Um, <laughs> what, what was the other one? The, uh... <laughs> the other I do one. ranty uh, shout outs too. It's just I ranted about you know scam callers today already. Usually, already. usually Google is what he's ranting about. That too. Sounds about right. Justin knows that about me. <laughs> he knows. Oh, I, I, I remember, Bate. It was the uh, people with fireworks on 4th of July week that you were complaining oh about. Oh my god, those people. Yes. <laughs> yeah, shooting your fireworks, you know, 4th of July is on a weekend. For five and days. You shoot your fireworks five freaking days before the holidays. You're a cool person. <laughs> All right. Uh, Libby, shout outs? Uh, you know, shout out to Netflix for finally putting something new. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't really have anything. But uh, just wish everyone have a good week, and thank you for listening. Cool, cool. Um, I'm gonna give my shout out to the guys over at Hairbrain Schemes. Um, I don't know why Zelda didn't think of this one, but uh, for putting together Necropolis, uh, I, I think it's a, it's a really, really solid start. It's like 85% there, I think, um, and I'm, I'm sure you guys will get it to 100%. Uh, I think it's gonna be a, a really solid title and, and kind of a good. Uh, alternative to a, a Dark Souls style game, but with uh, multiplayer, which we'll definitely have to try because it's going to be really fun. So I'm looking forward to that, uh, and uh, I hope you guys the best in, in bringing out that new content batch. All right, Tim. Justin, shout out, man. All right. Well, first, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I've had a blast. It was a lot of fun, and thanks for uh, letting me become a part of it. Uh, my shout out, I guess, is if you guys want to check out techeris.com. Again, that's techeris, T-E-C-H-A-E-R-I-S, Com. We have uh, got all kinds of stuff, technology, entertainment, games, movies, music, a little bit of just about everything. Check us out. I think you'll find something you enjoy. Uh, to speak to what Livy was saying, you can check out the new things that are on Netflix because we end up writing those up every month. They've been killing it with their Netflix originals lately, so there's more than a few good things to watch. And I would also like to shout out Steak Dinner because Steak is delicious. So I'm just going to cover everybody's shout outs in my last shout out of my own. So <laughs> again, check out techairs.com. Come check out what we're doing. I think we're doing some good work over there. And thanks to you guys for having me on. No, we're glad to have you, man. You're, you're always welcome to come back. We'll, we'll get you back on the show and, uh, whenever you like. But we'll, we'll, we'll drag you on at one point here. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. Um, so, uh, just a, a other reminder, everyone, if, uh, you're interested in loot crates, uh, we've got a link on our website. If you click the link and purchase a loot crate, uh, we get a little bit of a kickback, which helps fund, uh, what we do here because we make no money doing this and it is nice to cover costs somehow. Uh, it looks like this month's theme for the loot crate DX, which is kind of a premium, uh, loot crate. It's got exclusive stuff that only appears in loot crate is anti-hero is the theme. Uh, themed after Deadpool, uh, Borderlands 2, Preacher, and Suicide Squad. So a lot of good stuff coming up there. We'll, we'll have to see. We might have to pick up one for Jay uh, in his absence because I'm sure he'd probably like some sweet Deadpool swag. So we'll have to jump on that at some point and uh, get a loot crate sent over to him. Um, but yeah, it's on the website. Just click on Get Loot Crate at the top of the uh, menu bar at the top there. And like I said, it, it does it does help. Uh, we don't make money off of this. Purchasing a loot crate is not going to get us any money in our pockets, but it does help cover uh, Zell's uh, hosting cost and uh, all future joke URLs that you'll probably buy to harass. Uh, I'm never doing it again. Never, <laughs> never again. <laughs> never again. Until next week. Until 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 we get a really good joke, and then he'll be compelled <laughs> to do it because you know we have to. Um, 
but yeah, so uh, I'm Pokey Draven. You can hit me up on Twitter at Pokey Draven. Uh, you can get Sarizel at, at OCD Trekkie or Bait at Bryce underscore G71 and uh, Livy at underscore just Livy underscore. Uh, and did you have a, a Twitter you wanted to share, Justin, for if he hey, wants well, to hit you up hey, for questions? If anybody really wants to follow me on Twitter, I don't tweet a whole lot, but I do respond to stuff if anybody's really bored. Um, really, for anything gaming-related, Twitter or Steam or any of that stuff, you can find me at Zagrash, Z-A-G-R-A-S-H. Awesome. All right, well, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. May it be through stream or recording. Uh, really do appreciate your comments. You can hit us up on the website, biomass.net or com. And uh, if you have any questions or if you want to be on the show or want to have us talk about anything, just let us know either in the comments on the uh, blog post or uh, on Twitter or email. You can find us on the contact list of the website. So just let us know. and We'll be more than happy to uh, bring you on or, you know, talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. So without much further ado, I'd like to bring this one in for a close. So I want to thank you for tuning into Biomass episode 116, and I hope you have a great night. Good night.